episode seven We're of just up WTF is UX. Uh, 7.8. Um, <laughs> what is the other things that I say? Uh, I'm Matt Bloom Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Danny Radzinski. And we are two, ma- it's coming back to me now. We're two master's students studying human computer interaction and design at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, it's November. It's getting colder out. <laughs> do I say anything else now? Uh, we do a podcast where we talk about things, sometimes design and other random things that occur to us. Normally we have a guest and we don't today, so we're just completely lost. Yeah. That's totally frazzled. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're guestless. I'm just <laughs> just start rambling about whatever it is that I see. Yeah, this is, this is going to be tough. Just going to have to bear with us on this one, yeah. I think. <laughs> We so we're uh, about halfway through the semester. Yeah. Um, I feel like I always say that. Maybe it just constantly feels like we're about halfway yeah, through Yeah, just the like semester. from week one, you're just like, eh, it feels like we're about halfway through the semester. I'm just really semester. optimistic. <laughs> Danny, it's August. Well, you just, it feels like it. Not, it's not yeah. actually, but it feels like it. I'm just going to cling to this a little bit. Yeah, we might I even have. be like, we might even be moving on towards like, you know, seven tenths of the way through Yeah, the I think semester. we're like actually two thirds of the way through yeah. the semester. And we just came off of... Uh, Every, we have four-week sprints and then a week yeah. of reflection, right? So we just came off a reflection week, which was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was nice to have a break from, from doing projects. Yeah, or doing much of anything in my case. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah, a little vacation week in the middle of the semester. Yeah, it, it's it's necessary for sure. I, I was getting a little bit overwhelmed there. Yeah. The oh, week four. yeah, me too. I was like, I don't know. You just kind of hit a wall a little bit. Yeah, you I know noticed. You have to back off. Mm-hmm. I noticed that I don't even. It's not like acute stress. I think yeah. it's just this like chronic background stress that I don't even notice all the time. Yeah. But then like eventually it catches up to you and really you do sort of hit a wall and it's it's tough. I, I totally agree with that. So, I think last year. I felt the stress like much more like I would like be like I'm stressed mm-hmm. and like I feel yeah, it definitely. and this year I feel like I've like toughened up where it's like I know like I'm probably stressed right now but I just like yeah okay whatever <laughs> but then you get to that point where you just it's not like you don't like cry and curl over and roll into a ball but you just get to the point where you're like I don't think I can like keep doing yeah you thing. just kind of want to say fuck it all yeah yeah it's like I need a I definitely need a break because like I just can't like make myself I don't know like focus I guess. Yeah, I think the real difference between this year and last year is that you're not spending 40 hours a week in the studio on top of class and stuff That's like true. we've gotten so much better yeah. at meeting, you know, things are very quick now. Yeah. And so it does you don't have this like concrete thing to re- look back on when the week goes to an end it's like man well that's obviously why i'm stressed out yeah instead it's just kind of this abstract stress that just hangs over you all the time (laughs) yeah there's definitely like less interpersonal stress Mm -hmm. than so i guess that's something for first years to look forward to like (laughs) next year there'll be less interpersonal stress yeah it is Uh, amazing how much better we've all gotten really with the the meeting thing yeah just like getting shit done and moving forward yeah i feel like i mean we're like better designers and kind of better people. Yeah, I mean, at least better planners or yeah. maybe better executors is actually yeah. the, a better way to put it. But that's true. I'm always amazed when we meet for, you know, we sit down, have a meeting, and 30 minutes later we're done with like the whole agenda and actually that's got weird. some stuff done. I know it's strange. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I remember seven eight hour meetings in IDP were not uncommon. So 
Yeah, it's kind of like, I think one of the things I learned related to that is like, it's, you kind of take the time you set. So if you say like, we're going to, we're going to discuss this for 40 minutes, you'll discuss it for 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. But if you kind of like, feel like, like if you have the, I guess this is more for like the first years, if you have the sensation that like, this might take 40 minutes to discuss, like I'd say go ahead and like, try and do like 20, be like, yeah, we're going to take 20 on this. Yeah. And then sometimes you'll like work through it a lot quicker with that deadline. Yeah, definitely. Which is, I think, so, something that we all sort of do intuitively. We're like, well, that seems like it might take a lot, while, but let's kind of like focus it into a time slot. Yeah, and I, <laughs> one of my favorite examples of this, and I can't remember who it was, and I'm not trying to throw any stones because I'm sure we did similar stuff, but on the first project, uh, I remember one of the first years had an agenda up on the board, and it was like, time booked from 2 p.m to 7 p.m oh, yeah, and yeah. the agenda was work on project ideas or work on the design <laughs> or something like that i'm like yeah <laughs> i mean hours. if you're <laughs> yeah if that's your plan you're gonna spend seven hours working on yeah. it yeah yeah exactly and that's i'm sure something i've been in groups where we did that oh yeah 100 percent. like i said i'm not i'm not trying to cast any dispersions or anything yeah i know we all did the exact same thing i just thought that was a very illustrative yeah. <laughs> example of I, it. I like that phrase, cast dispersions. <laughs> I have like I have no idea what that I know what that phrase means, but I have no idea what dispersions means outside of that phrase. Yeah, that is one of those phrases with kind of an antiquated word in it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't hear very yeah. often outside like, of it. What are what dispersions? I just, I just heard a woodland a woodland creature <laughs> it's like a nymph in, in eastern Germany. <laughs> Oh man, I just heard an example of that. I'm spacing it right now, so I'm not gonna try to talk about it on the air. It is, yeah. I mean, it's funny when we have like uh, this is now a podcast about linguistics. <laughs> uh, it's funny when you have like these old phrases that like we still use, but d like everything in them is antiquated, but the phrase isn't. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's when it becomes. Was it an idiom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is an English podcast. Yeah, now. Danny and Matt discover linguistics. <laughs> We're going yeah. back to our uh, political science roots here yeah. in the humanities and talking about language. Yeah, we could talk about we could which talk is about important Syria for designers. Or something. So. Yeah, wasn't it Eric talked about? Which I think he made a good point, which is like designers, like you kind of have to know something about everything. I mean, you're we're in the yeah. business of. Like, you know, we're learning, or at least for the first years, they're learning about, you know, firemen and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, other projects that, <laughs> that I can't remember right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thermostats. You just kind of learn about all these other different random things. Yeah. So. You have to have a pretty wide array of tools, I think, too. I mean, not only do you have to have, you know, basic hard design skills, yeah. Photoshop, Illustrator and Sketch and all that, but... Um, then you've got your soft design skills, uh, you know, just like we were talking about being able to run a decent meeting and, uh, yeah. make a decent presentation. But I mean, uh, the hot topic now in design seems to be storytelling. So obviously yeah. there's a lot of language involved in that. So, yeah, I think you, you really do get to implement a wide variety of, of disciplines. I wonder what the next hot thing in design will be after know. storytelling. Um, maybe like it'll go like something really quaint like uh, design is like uh window washing <laughs> i don't know can it get more quaint than storytelling because yeah, that's a good point <laughs> yeah. D design is like what's before story yeah man that's like one of the oldest things yeah right? that's like pretty much the oldest thing Dang. design <laughs> Oral is history is about as old as it gets i think what's like probably people threw their feces before they start <laughs> telling stories design is feces throwing <laughs> sometimes it feels that way but <laughs> yeah, yeah sometimes <laughs> sometimes it is 
like oh, pre pre human primates. Anyways, <laughs> uh, anthropology. <laughs> hey, there we go. Keep coming back to it. Just can't get away from um, it. Yeah. So to talk a little bit about actual design. Yeah, I guess we'll do that. <laughs> I guess we could do that. That's it's why people listen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why people listen, to be honest. But yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Apparently, some people do, but I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and what were you saying? Yeah, uh, I was gonna say uh, we just turned in a product a couple days ago that I thought was actually really interesting. Um, we had to choose three well-designed objects yeah. and three poorly designed objects, and then sort of draw our own design philosophy. I guess you could say from yeah. those things. And uh, and I, when I first started, I was like, I don't have any idea how I'm gonna like draw any insights from this or you know, really get any sort of, like, learn anything from this, to yeah. be honest. Like, oh, I mean, it's all obviously poorly designed or well-designed because it works and yeah. this and that. But then when you really have to sit down and, like, analyze oh my God. a product and really think about why is it special compared to, you know, a similar product, um, you do start to think about, like, really specific, unique things. And I was amazed how easy it was to, like, draw so many conclusions about myself and what i value in design based on what i saw in yeah. these different products i i totally agree i mean i i think i think a lot of times just about like i think designers tend to notice like the objects in the world a lot more than other people yeah. i i'm since becoming a designer or a person <laughs> who designs whatever uh you know like, i just notice things like i look at cars a lot right yeah. now for some reason that's my phase um but a lot of times it doesn't really go that deep for me. I, I go like, I like how that car looks mm -hmm. and I don't like how that one looks. And I don't really go that much deeper than that. So I think sort of to your point, like this project was about like, actually like you don't like it, but let's like go a little bit farther. Yeah, than that. yeah, exactly. And I tried to do things that I use like on a daily basis and that, yeah. you know, play a fairly significant role in my life. And I think that, made it easier to a certain extent but also a little more difficult first of all it's kind of hard to <laughs> oh, mic adjustments lovely <laughs> it was kind of hard to find three things that i thought were like especially well designed in my daily life yeah but then once i did you know i tend to be one of those people that like spends hours and hours researching their 25 dollar coffee mug or whatever uh, so oh yeah so like i i've always put some weight on these you know particular aspects that elevate something above like right. you know the field but i like i said i never really sat down and thought about specifically why or you know yeah. how it you know impacts my daily life yeah and, and why thinking about it, it so in special. use is different than thinking about it when you're trying to buy it on amazon yeah exactly or yeah so one of the things i talked about was actually my thermos <laughs> okay yeah, yeah um i don't know if you've noticed like everyone in the program has this the vacuum thermos. sealed yeah, the super future space yeah it's thermos. japanese magic i don't know what yeah. it, they did it's, exactly, it looks but... good it yeah looks it's sleek which is what i noticed which, i was like yeah, yeah that i like that that's, tell see, me that's more. what draw, drew me to it yeah. and just like the ridiculous reviews on Amazon. So what? Wait, what is it called again? It's the Zojirushi Z O J I R U S H I. Okay. Um, and they make all sorts of kitchen equipment, but for some reason, this thermos they make has become like ubiquitous. Well, I know why because it's ridiculously awesome. But yeah. <laughs> and it's just like it's like you said, it's pretty. Like it looks nice. Yeah. It's sleek, and 
but the vacuum sealed magic of it is just crazy like i put coffee in it i woke up at 10 a.m one day put coffee in it like sealed it up kind of forgot about it in my car until like 12 hours later yeah. like 11 p.m and took a sip and like it almost burnt me uh-huh it's like seriously magic i don't i think it gets hotter over time actually is <laughs> so somehow there's like dark matter involved and they yeah who knows what the japanese are coming up with these days yeah but then even beyond that like obviously right. that's the functionality it functions of it. really so, well yeah it functions super well and then it looks nice yeah but then they take it even a step beyond that and like all the materials clean really easily the oh. lid and stuff comes apart into a few different pieces so you can get into all the nooks and crannies and stuff because it's so anyone annoying. who's used a coffee thermos knows coffee gets stuff disgusting yeah it's all stainless steel on the insides so you don't get those gross coffee stains and like, it really is those details that set it apart yeah and so that was a big big part of my design philosophy thing is like yeah it's really just to focus on details and actually using it in day-to-day life and then like aesthetics and and all of that really just elevates it to another level like so i just yeah. thought that was really interesting i <laughs> it was a really interesting project i don't i don't know if you could remember an example that you gave yeah I'm, I'm trying to think one of the so one of them was my shoes which i really like but i i hadn't really gone beyond like hey i i like these shoes <laughs> so i bought these shoes yeah um and so well, I guess I'll, I forget, what are my shoes called? Echo, uh, what's it called? Echo something. <laughs> uh, I'll what pa- brand I'll, are they? They're uh, Echo brand? Or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Which, they're like super comfortable. Nice. And uh, it's like, uh, I finally realized it was like worth spending a little bit more money on shoes yeah. if they're actually comfortable <laughs> and uh, enjoyable to uh, to like walk around in, that kind of thing. Um, but basically, yeah, I mean, I think... They're just like kind of brown shoes. They look, they're like pretty <laughs> inoffensive, regular shoes, yeah. um, which is actually what I really like about them because I think a lot of times with fashion design, you get pieces that are like, like designed, like somebody like, you know, the shoe designer was like, I'm going to design a pair of shoes. And then, so they focus a lot on like designing mm-hmm. a pair of shoes. Whereas I feel like these shoes are like, they thought about like, an entire outfit like somebody's gonna be wearing an, a whole outfit so where does where do these shoes fit into that yeah, outfit yeah. and these shoes are just a part of that and pretty much they don't stand out at all but they don't like mess anything up because <laughs> i feel like shoes if you wear the wrong shoes like you're you can look kind of ridiculous yeah true yeah so it's important to like have things that like don't mess up the rest of what's going on <laughs> it design in context yeah yeah i mean it's really like for me that's example i mean it, it obviously has to do with like my fashion sense as well but for me it's a good z- example of sort of designing in context where it's like yeah i mean they really thought about like they didn't just go like we're gonna design some shoes let's go for it and mm-hmm. you know we're gonna put little whatever's on them and because <laughs> i think it's hard to find like simple basic looking clothing yeah, it's either it seems like it either skews one of two ways. Like like you're saying, someone over designs yeah. it to, to the aesthetics side of things and doesn't put much thought into the comfort and like functionality of it is in a wardrobe. Yeah. Or it's the opposite and it's just a boring pair of, you know, you know yeah. brown loafers that look like every pair anyone's ever right. worn for the last hundred years. So it's it's always nice when someone can split that difference yeah, and, and yeah. come up with something that actually works and uh, i think another thing i like about them is that uh they're like they can kind of like be like in bumping my mic 
it's like they can you can wear them in like different sort of like I wore them to work as well as just wearing them casually around mm-hmm. and it like still works. Yeah. Which is nice. So it's like they can kind of do double duty too. The which they're kind of the only shoes I wear. So, it's kinda <laughs> so that's good. This yeah. is <laughs> What's that phrase that it's like from the office to the bar or from the work day to the weekend. So there's some phrase they always use in marketing to talk about things like that oh, that yeah. are like vers- versatile enough that you can wear them to the office and then out at night too. And yeah. I can't remember exactly what it is, but so I, f- yeah, I feel this already like kind of w- cause it's a fashion item, like very mm. much goes back into like what my philosophy is <laughs> on like the design of at least my clothing, yeah, which yeah. is like, it's like simple and like matches with things easily and computer, computer stuff. Noises. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, that was one of mine that I liked. And I'll post whatever the name is so people can actually look at it. Nice, yeah. We should probably put a link to the thermos up there, too. Yeah. If you're not one of the 60 people that already have one in our program. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, another one that I did, and Eric talked about this a little bit, um, it's about how some things have more of, like, a practical design that makes them special and makes them super functional and and obviously some things are going to have more of an emotional value that is hard to communicate um so i did my guitar which i've had for like probably 12 years now my electric guitar and um it it's got a lot of elements to it that make it unique and like it's sort of an unusual brand not you don't see a lot and stuff and some tone adjustments and stuff like that but really obviously the reason that i (laughs) love it so much is because it's my guitar yeah and i've had it forever and you know it's special to me and i can't remember exactly what eric was saying about like there's there's so many products out there like that and even if a product doesn't start that way it becomes that like your phone ends up becoming your phone like it oh, was an iphone yeah, yeah. but now it's your iphone sort of through use yeah you sort of and yeah I'd, I'd say with my shoes too it's the same sort of thing too. yeah like through use you kind of like make your home in them almost yeah yeah it and they become yours as yeah. opposed to you know just another product that came off the shelf um and he was talking about trying to explain that, like, you know, how do you communicate that sort of emotional value to someone that doesn't share that connection yeah. that you do? And I don't know if you really had an answer. I just thought it was a really interesting question. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's hard to say. It reminds me of, um, do you know that, that it's like a it's like a story or an expression or an idiom or like some sort of mixture of those things where... I think it's like this guy is talking about this axe and he goes like, this is my grandfather's axe. Um, But it's not actually like, it's not the original axe. Like over the years he had the head of the axe Mm -hmm. replaced. And then at a later point, the, you know, the shaft of the axe Mm -hmm. replaced. Uh, But it, you know, this was my grandfather's axe, even though if you take, you know, over time, all of the pieces have been replaced Mm -hmm. with different new ones, but it's still like, I mean, that's a case where it's like the object is completely different, but it still has that like emotional, you know, sort of quality to it. That's it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I butchered that super badly, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, that's something they talk about in philosophy. It's like someone's ship or something. I, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's another yeah, if you subject. like travel around the world and replace every plank on a ship, is it still that ship? And yeah. I never even really thought about it. I guess it. so, right? Kinda, yeah. I mean, maybe. Th- 
I guess it all. I mean, th- I think that's like a whole branch. Do of we philosophy exist? That Do we even exist? <laughs> is this the Matrix? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I've never really thought about it in the context of like an emotional yeah. attachment, like emotional value. Um. Yeah, that's interesting that I can sort of. It almost translates from like it, it almost transcends the object itself, yeah. and. And so that's why that's such a hard thing to communicate, I'm sure, because at that point it just becomes about memories and associations. and Yeah, and can a designer have anything to do with that, really? Yeah, I mean, I that's, that's why I really enjoyed the lecture today about desiderata. I'm probably butchering that word. Yeah, I think that's, that, that sounds that? right. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because UX is supposed to be anyway about more than just like button goes here this goes here and it's supposed to be about cultivating like the feel of a product above and beyond you know like actual usability like obviously that's a huge portion of our of our um practice but you know really what we're trying to do is is give an identity to a product and communicate this feeling and um what's that desiderata thing really struck me because it's hard enough to figure out one person's yeah like deep deep desires that they might not even be aware they have and uh, like i really loved the analogy about the house hunters thing that eric was using and you know like a home buyer thinks they want three bedrooms and thinks they want two baths and this big backyard and big kitchen and all this stuff but really at the end of the day they have no idea what they want yeah on paper so to like to sort of put this in context it's like this sort of idea that your clients or your stakeholders or your users are going to have certain things that they state that they want Mm -hmm. probably. Um, But those things that they state that they want may not be the things that they truly like desire in the thing that you're making. And so then (laughs) as a designer, you have to be able to hear the things that they want, but make the thing that they really desire yeah and even yeah you almost have to figure out how to guide them towards discovering what they really want themselves was yeah what eric was making it right, sound like right. and again coming back to the house hunters analogy yeah um it's like a realtor shows them a house that doesn't just match every single quality and then kind of can pare down what they really value from that and like that's obviously a very specific example a realtor does this but like figuring out how you as a designer can sort of guide your clients and stakeholders towards what they really hope you produce <laughs> and figure that out. That's, that's, that's a tough skill. I mean, that's probably something you work out your entire life as a designer. Yeah. Oh yeah. It gets like very, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> It's almost like esoteric to a certain extent. Like, I don't know if I went to a product team meeting and was talking, talking about desiderata. They'd probably yeah. be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting to know where it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, yeah, my experience in actual companies is it's all sort of like, uh, you know, like you just kind of, things kind of happen and you you discuss things, but you just kind of discuss them Mm -hmm. and you don't really always like get down to like, you know, like what are the basic principles? Yeah, that was what I actually talked about in my content critique for the reading that led into this lecture. Um, and I kind of wish I could go back and edit it now after that class because I feel like I understand it a lot better. Yeah. 
But I was just like, yeah, I mean, sure, it's great to like approach the design process with no goal in mind, and like you uncover it as you move through the yeah. space, and but that's never gonna fly at a company. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all. I think it's all sort of stuff that, like, in class we talk about, like, in a very sort of abstract theoretical yeah. level. I think Eric does a good job of tying it back to like a practical level. So, like, yeah. practical considerations are that you want to probably get your product in front of people mm. even if you don't think it's like your the best product at least you can get reactions um but i had another point that i was <laughs> gonna say and uh it was something about design and stuff <laughs> <laughs> well i was i guess i was just gonna say um we tell all the professors here talk a lot about like going out and sort of trying to institute some of the things you learn yeah here in whatever company you end up at yeah and i was just thinking about that all day since i wrote that content critique and i just don't even know where you would start with something like that it, it, that's like a gra bottom up change almost like you have to change the way you approach problems entirely yeah. and it i believe it could work in like small firm or super design oriented firm ido or something could yeah. obviously do this yeah. kind of stuff because that's their entire and, job and yeah i I, uh, I actually had a chance to read some like old ideal worked with medtronic and they oh, did nice. some stuff for them uh yeah i can say that um because <laughs> it's online i remember okay. i checked um so yeah i mean it it's like when you look at the stuff audio does mm -hmm. it's like they they do all sorts of like the interesting oh, yeah. theoretical like what is the theoretical for sure sort of can environment conceptual environment of this product or whatever. yeah i guess that's why the i mean places like ideo exist because yeah you're not going to turn and we always always hear this metaphor like turning the battleship of microsoft or ibm or something like you're not just going to turn that around right in a year or five years or ten years even yeah so it's just way easier to bring in another company that's already got that well established and sort of lean on them for that but it does seem like more and more companies are implementing these design culture yeah. ideas and stuff so yeah I, re I read an interesting article sort of about that which was talking about um you know what is the agency environment gonna look like as more and more companies realize that design is so critical and start sort of making it part of their own competency yeah um which is interesting because i imagine there'll still be agencies but i think they start to fill a different different role if companies start having you know develop competencies presumably they have like an outsider role which is useful because they're not as familiar with things mm -hmm. they can come in and do stuff but i mean it's interesting to think about yeah and I, I think one thing about design that's sort of unique to the field is that at least some of the you know basic skills you learn are useful across like all sorts of disciplines oh yeah whereas that's not always the case with like i worked on our hackathon over summer with an accountant yeah and was showing him like ideation with sticky notes and stuff and he just thought it was the coolest thing ever and like, yeah. he's like i'm actually might use some of these like strategies that we're using in certain you know certain ways even in accounting which seems about as far away from design as you can get but yeah well i, f I feel like so much of of or, or okay so i feel like that was maybe a strong statement but i feel like um a really interesting thing that we learn as designers is sort of like all these methods that I think in a way are like methods to stop you from getting uh, 
like writer's block yeah. essentially yeah. in the design process. And so we have all these different methods that as soon as sort of like we stop, we like pull out some post-it notes and just start doing this other thing to sort of get us like thinking in a different way about mm-hmm. things. Yeah, um, definitely. Which is, I, I think one of the coolest parts where like, like for me, like I hardly ever get designer's block anymore. I just start doing some things and I'm like, okay, well, these concepts make no sense, but it's better <laughs> than just sitting here and being like, hmm, what should I design? Yeah, that's one of the toughest skills, really, to, I mean, I'll, I'll call it a skill, yeah. I think. Uh, it's just letting your brain go occasionally. Yeah. Like, I think that was one of the hardest things, coming back to that hackathon I did with the accountant. Like, we were doing the, you know, sticky note ideation session five minutes or whatever. And I was like, and just come up with as many crazy ass ideas as you can. Yeah. And we did a, the first one and he came up with a couple. I was like, all right, let's do five more minutes. Like, but really nothing is too outlandish. Yeah, it doesn't have to be good. Yeah. And then the second time around, it, it, like he was cranking out ideas and yeah so we're batshit crazy but like that's the whole point of the of exactly the process, it, so. and and that's when i realized that it doesn't like like it doesn't cost like it doesn't cost anything if you have mm. so you, you can have a you know 10 bad ideas but they're not they like hardly ever is an idea completely 100 <laughs> yeah, percent horseshit for sure like at least there's like at least it's maybe approaching the problem mm. in a different way that you haven't already approached it in and so, I mean, it's still, like, relevant, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many bad ideas I've had, and, you know, I've stuck it up on the board, and like, that's just terrible. And then five minutes later, come back to it, and I'm like, still terrible, but I yeah. can kind of see a little aspect of it that might play back into, you know, the overall design here. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely never a waste of time. Yeah. Shit, if you manage to come up with a terrible... 100% wholly bad idea. At least you know to just not worry about any of those things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of an art in its own right, I think. Thinking yeah. of a, like a completely awful just idea. Completely terrible just idea. like, what is the worst thing we could design? <laughs> that might actually be an interesting sort of I actually went anti-design. To, I went to an awesome event over uh, over summer when I was in Austin called Shred X. Uh-huh. And like like TEDx, uh-huh. but um, it was this uh, co-work space <laughs> called Fiber Cove. I just want to give a shout out in case anyone cares. Yeah. Because um, it was really fun. And I think they have it monthly now, but it's essentially TEDx, but you have like an hour in a group of four people to come up with the worst idea you can. You have to make a PowerPoint and present <laughs> it and present it to like a panel. They had a panel of judges that were actually like um, <laughs> startup founders and seeders and stuff like from the <laughs> Austin area. And you got bonus points for, you know, like terrible language, like synergy and disruption (laughs) and just how bad your idea could be in general. Could create actual bodily harm. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, that sounds amazing. (laughs) It was really fun. Here's a part like so I I imagine this other part when you said like it was like an anti sort of TEDx. And I was imagining people going on stage and just talking for like 20 minutes about just <laughs> something they just like some completely bullshit philosophical <laughs> like view on existence or, or what is happiness and then just make, what is happiness? yeah because i feel like there's like 100 ted talks on happiness yeah that's true and like are. i would love just like a an, an a total anti, bullshit one. yeah just happiness is like uh like some sort of i don't know weird metaphor about <laughs> cheese and cheese it's obviously cheese free I don't know. <laughs> I clearly, I have to. I have to work on this. 
<laughs> I have to work on my bullshit <laughs> happiness. We're going to have a Shred X competition in oh, two weeks. And, uh, <laughs> we kind of should. I would love to organize yeah, something be. like Organized that. For the if anyone's interested in this, yeah. uh, let me know. We could get a Slack channel going. Yeah. And, uh, or if anybody's interested, organize it yourself. Yeah. And yeah. We've got shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll participate, but someone else put it together. Um, hey, well, this might be. So we talked a little bit about like what were the designs that we, we liked a, mm-hmm. a little bit. So like what was a design uh, for the project that you thought was like, oh, this is a shit design. And then you figured out really how shitty it was. So I actually had. Well, I obviously had three, but I can only distinctly remember two. Okay. And one was, <laughs> one was my new monitor, which Uh-oh. I got, and it's it's a minor thing, I guess. Uh-huh. Like, but it doesn't. It, it was on, quite though. frustrating when I got <laughs> it. So I got it. I got this new Asus monitor. It's like super long. It's, it's like widescreen. Four feet wide. And get this no, nice like aluminum feet. bevel around it, and you know the buttons bottom right just like you always see tvs monitors everything um so i set it up and i hit the power button and nothing happens i'm like hitting all the buttons on the front of it thinking they're touch buttons yeah and i'm like what the hell is going (laughs) on i I seriously sat there for like 20 minutes i almost feel stupid saying this (laughs) um and i'm finally like all right i mean i guess i'll just send it back it's refurbished like it obviously isn't working or something and I put it back in the box and see the buttons are underneath the icons, like on the bottom of the screen and kind of towards the oh, back. Oh, I hate it. I know, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, and I've looked at those and thought, like... And so every bullshit. affordance was telling me, like, this is a touch button. It's a brand new monitor. It's a steel or, you know, stainless steel yeah. aluminum bevel. So, like, it's conductive, like you need for a touch button yeah. and all this stuff. And there was no hint not even in the manual that there were buttons underneath it so that was one of mine um and that was just you know sort of careless industrial design but i think the one that i wanted to have one interface one yeah and uh i was just reading an article about the like button and on facebook oh yeah and how they're expanding to have six emotions now that really? you can display yeah because huh. it comes down to like you can't simplify human emotion to one button. Yeah, yeah and, and, and you always—I feel like you always hear about this context where it's like, uh, you, like somebody's like, "Hey, everybody, my grandma died." Yeah, and then you, people are like liking it. And you're yeah, like, it's, uh, this is just awkward. The wrong yeah, word. And that. I saw another example um, on Reddit that I used in my project, and it was a. Uh, the question was, "Do you or anyone you care about have diabetes?" and I assume the designer had just put smiley faces by yes and frowny faces by no. <laughs> but underneath that particular question, like smiley face, yeah, I've got diabetes or frowny face. No, no one I love has diabetes. <laughs> it's like, it was just terrible, like just really bad placement. And so I think you got to be so careful. And I know we talk about this a lot in yeah. the program, like cultural context and all that. But even within your culture, you can accidentally be terribly insensitive sometimes. So. Yeah, and I mean things can show up in the in the wrong way, too. I mean, yeah. like, so I I forget. There's there's this there's some concept where like uh, uh, I can't remember. It, but so a good example of it is so today Google had some sort of weird. Oh, it was, it's the Day of the Dead. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So they had like a you know a design for Google looking like Day of the Dead mm-hmm. on Google.com. 
Uh, and so I clicked it, and the first news story was like 300 people are arrested in something, something, something. And that's like <laughs> the first thing that appears when I click like the fun Google, like, hey, yeah, what's the Google this Doodle. For? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I can't remember. It's like the unintended context yeah for sure i don't know oh, that's funny i thought they curated all the results for what i thought know. they did too yeah but then the news i think the news thing was like the oh first it always just show shows up. it first yeah that kind of yeah. makes sense actually because normally the top news results are google has a doodle for <laughs> yeah <this day."> yeah <laughs> when you click oh it. my god <laughs> it's, it's, um, uh, we're pretty much uh wrapping up though we're, we're yeah look well i'll talk about my bad oh yeah my bad, designs. bad designs um so uh one of my bad designs was the 2016 Nissan Maxima. <laughs> like I said, I've been like really into like looking at cars lately. Yeah. So this one's a great example because it uh, sort of like a, imagine like, do you know what a Camry sort of like a relatively new Camry looks like? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And so, or maybe a Corolla, Camry, a Corolla, one of those, all Toyotas kind of look the same, I guess. Yeah. Um, so imagine like you take the, the, the top of that, just the roof, just the roof line, and then you stick it on a Mustang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically like, I feel like they went like a muscle car approach with like, with like a coupe she, I mean, passenger compartment. It's like, yeah, it's like the Nissan equivalent of like a Camry. So it's like a Nissan, or maybe it's the like slightly larger version. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it looks like, I don't, yeah, it looks like a, a Mustang ate a Corolla mixed with terrible. It's just like hodgepodge, <laughs> like the sides bulge out weird. Dude, that's like almost the new thing for cars, I feel like. There's yeah. so many goofy looking cars driving uh, around. Look like, like two cars ran into each other and melded. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like over-designed weirdness. Um yeah, for some reason, like uh, the those two designs that I mentioned focus on like the visual side of things. But I had a, my other one I did was the uh, like American drug policy. <laughs> that yeah. was one of my uh, my negative ones. Too. <laughs> That's pretty easy to poke. Doesn't holes make in that sense. One. <laughs> um, it's yeah. funny how many different things you you could really like. It goes all the way from something very concrete, like put the buttons somewhere I could see them. Yeah. To, this huge abstract system that you know has been messing things up for 50 years and like, yeah it's all designed it's yeah i mean yeah I, I think it's it's so fun to think like just to take on things like that as like a design and mm -hmm. then critique it like a design um i mean even like you can get like super large scale like i was thinking about a little bit like uh just like like types of government so you have democracy or dictatorship or um communist dictatorship mm. or communism sort of half capitalism kind you know whatever whatever the whatever different Chinese, form, uh, yeah whatever yeah. china is basically <laughs> is what i'm saying um which is fascinating but like thinking of those two as like designs i mean they're they have sort of users and they have intention uh yeah. behind them and people thought about how they should be um so i mean that that stuff's fascinating too yeah i mean People do go and focus on system design. I think a lot of them are yeah. working in government agencies and stuff. So it's definitely designed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if people think about it like that. No, I don't. I think, think that's the that's do, the big yeah. difference. Is like so many fields. Like I feel like could, can be designed, but maybe people aren't really thinking about it like design. And I don't know what the relevant. Like I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah, I think we're seeing more and more of a shift towards that sort of approach. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, 
um but yeah it's it's definitely still an uphill battle i mean even like our intel project for rdsc right was essentially yeah. like here's some tech we made figure out why it's right. useful. Yeah, yeah versus the way we've always been taught design works which is like there's a problem and yeah. there are people that need a solution so figure out the and solution. make that solution yeah. yeah so i think it's i think a lot of the times you see that backwards approach where it's like i have something now i need to create a problem for it to solve cause yeah like because people gotta pay me for something so yeah it's so, messy yeah design is messy in the real world it's true yeah just enjoy the next uh few months that we, everything is still nice and simplified yeah so we, we got to be idealistic students where yeah. we can just have everything sort of the way we want it we only work on teams with designers <laughs> yes <Yeah>. that's <laughs> probably gonna be the biggest difference actually yeah i mean that's huge um yeah is that yeah. kind of kind of it yeah we talked about so. some things managed this, managed to fill the time without a guest so. yeah this was fun we hadn't done one where it was just us in a while i think it was actually kind of decent yeah we should do this more often yeah. like, uh, fuck you guys <laughs> 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 nah we love you all yeah we know i only in jest <laughs> only in jest except scott who bailed on us this yeah week. scott called you out fuck you scott <laughs> <laughs> that's how i'm gonna that's the new uh, tradition for the podcast i'm gonna <laughs> target you, specific scott. people and swear at them i think it's I like good. it isn't that like what it. the internet's for anyways pretty much yeah yeah that's i'm sure that's what the first podcast was just someone cursing at someone else. yeah i think i think i read uh that the first um whatever oh the first transaction online was like harvard students selling weed to mit students or vice versa <laughs> which was kind of hilarious that doesn't surprise me at all actually yeah yeah, yeah. that might be complete bullshit yeah who knows yeah it's all shrouded in myth and legend now yeah the fact <laughs> is you know who fact needs is, i'd it? be surprised if it wasn't that yeah so. <laughs> i like facts that are convenient yeah. they don't have to be true definitely <laughs> all right well Thanks for being here, Matt. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Invite <laughs> me over anytime to my apartment. <laughs> if anyone wants to be a guest, let us know. Yeah, yeah, we have a. There's a. a Sean wants to be on from the first year because cool. he's gonna. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna say this on air, so he's gonna have Hold to. Him to. He's it. gonna start the first year podcast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Someone should. It's fun. I promise. Yeah. yeah or somebody else. Anybody who gets to it. <laughs> first come, first serve. Do it start a thing <laughs> with a because yeah yeah